Oh, you might not be tempted now, but you will be. Just wait this week. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The National Football League's scouting combine begins formally tomorrow in Indianapolis, runs all week long, and it will feature some real live skill. It will feature offensive players who will tantalize, who will do things that make you go, whoa, if we only had one of him, he'd be the one that would push us over the top offensively. And you're going to go mind-melding over Jordan Addison. In particular, I really believe that over the pit receiver. Well, former pit receiver, and then he left for USC and whatever else. But he was the Fred Bolitnikoff award winner while at Pitt, while Kenny Pickett was his quarterback. And everyone's going to see him do something and go, this is the guy. This is the one. He's the cheat code. Don't go there. Not with Addison. Not with anybody at a skill position on offense. I know that's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel like, but the Bengals have Jamar Chase and we need one of those. Or imagine fill in the blank running down the field alongside George Pickens and, you know, what kind of a difference that would make to have multiple receiving threats. The combine tends to be about wide receivers and that's been more true over the past few years than ever before and by that i don't mean in reality i mean in perception i mean those are the guys that get your attention those are the guys where you go whoa and you see dk metcalf doing something completely uh, otherworldly but this team your team needs some boring pieces okay it needs pieces in the trenches from this draft What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. If it were up to me, it most certainly is not. My picks at 17, 32, and 49. All three of them would be in one trench or the other. You'd have probably a left tackle you'd feel confident could move to the interior if needed. I'd have two, not one, two defensive linemen. And if it weren't two D-line guys, it would be two. It would be one D-line plus someone with significant potential at inside linebacker. That doesn't mean that I would forego any of those positions in the coming free agency. I wouldn't at all. In fact, as I've mentioned before on this show, the Kevin Colbert model was always to go and fill your needs through free agency and then treat the draft as if they're either a luxury or a future consideration, somebody that you think can develop into what you want. But for me, that goes double right now on the offensive line. And I'm going to be specific about why. I do like the way the line came along over the course of the season. There's no way that you couldn't. But I am not sold 
on Dan Moore at left tackle. I'm sorry, I'm just not. I still saw a lot of the same mistakes later in the year. Not as many with the penalties. He'd become kind of a running routine, you know, week after week for when he would commit his first false start. And I didn't see as many of the outright lapses that would allow sacks over the course of the 17 games. And look, if I'm being fair, he's got to have his share of the credit for the O-line becoming as solid as it did. At the same time, there are a couple of big variables in this. One, the O-line had no depth but never had it tested because everybody played every game, including Dan, to his and their credit. So if you were to draft somebody really high, they could either win a job in Latrobe, which you would kind of hope that they would if they're picked that early, especially if it's 17th overall, or they can just be the depth instead of creating the depth by pushing Dan further down the depth chart or to the interior, however that would work out. If you want to throw Kevin Dotson into that mix too, though, a lot higher on Dotson right now than it feels like most people are. If you get yourself a left tackle, if you get yourself somebody who can really anchor that spot, the benefits to that are immense. Obviously, you're building a young offense with young, hopefully foundational pieces. And if you can protect your quarterback's blind side and you can have somebody over there who can facilitate the running game to that side, sealing those blocks to the inside for Najee Harris. And we've seen that he's very comfortable running to that side. Wow. Right? I mean, it's not going to show up on anybody's splash. Whoa, look at that block thrown by the left tackle. But it's so vitally important. Do the Steelers have enough at the skill positions? That's the other component to this. My feeling is that while you can never have enough, tell me where you want to add. Or, or no, no, no. Tell me where you'd want to replace. Because when you talk about adding, you can talk about second teamers. And I don't think that conversation needs to be had. You have your franchise quarterback. You're going to have a backup in Mitch Trubisky. I don't know in exactly what form he'll stay, but he will stay. You now have not one, but two NFL running backs in Najee and in Jalen Warren. Is anybody disputing that? Is anybody saying that Warren isn't that guy? Anybody, anywhere. At tight end, you've obviously got Pat Fryermuth, who, if anything, was underutilized. I now believe that Zach Gentry is going to stay, so you have a two, and maybe he's your three while Connor Hayward gets more involved, either as a tight end or as a fullback or as some sort of tricky in-between thing since he's navigated both of those positions in college. And then there's wide receiver, which is the toy department, which is what everybody's going to get excited about to swing back to that at this combine. It's tantalizing. I'm not going to lie. They're going to show you footage of Kenny and Addison at Pitt. And you're going to be like, wow, that's just so natural. Plus, what a story. Everybody loves storylines. But you have George Pickens. You have, for another year, for all his warts, Deontay Johnson, who is elite at getting open, if not necessarily elite at anything else. You're going to have elite speed added in Calvin Austin the third, 
and you have a couple other weapons there, but from there you're talking about, you know, four and five wide receivers on your depth chart. And, and that's not that's not something that you say, all right, that's what we have to address through the draft. If someone falls, if there's a gift from the football gods that makes it to your way in the second round, as it often seems to do, and the Steelers have a real beat on that guy, as they often seem to do, sure, go nuts. Otherwise, stick with the beef. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Drew Dawson, who says, okay, DK, let's just get this conversation started now with the Steelers getting Aaron Curry as their linebackers coach. And with Bobby Wagner being released from the Rams, do we see any type of push to maybe get the coach slash linebacker duo together? That would not be my motivation, Drew. If I'm going to get Bobby Wagner, it's going to be because I want Bobby Wagner. It's not going to be because his coach here recommends him. No coach needs to recommend Bobby Wagner, no coach needs to have any kind of, I don't know, symbiosis with a player for this to work out. Bobby Wagner is who he is, eight-time pro bowler. He's achieved a heck of a lot, almost all of it in Seattle. This is a great football player. This is someone who is seen as a Hall of Fame football player. That said, he's 33 years old. The Rams obviously didn't have a great season. In fact, at 5-12, and 12, it was the worst season any Super Bowl champion has had as a sequel. And that's obviously not on any individual player. I'm just saying that it didn't, you know, really work out all that great in L.A. Nothing happened there where you would go, whoa. And there's, of course, all kinds of cap crunching happening out there as well. So you can't even take too seriously that the team and the player parted ways. Would you take Wagner? Sure, anybody would take him. The question is, in what role would you take him? What kind of health is he in? How many miles does he have? How is he wearing those miles? And speaking of miles, how do you adjust Miles Jack's contract? Because he's due $14 million for the coming year. There is no earthly way that Omar Khan's going to just say, oh, yeah, sure, let's just pay him $14 million. They're going to have to figure out some kind of either restructure or extension or whatever the case would be. Uh, Jack is a good football player. He's obviously younger. He has a better chance to be part of your future, an infinitely better chance. If you look at the Steelers' pattern of recent free agent signings, This is probably the best answer to your question because it actually has nothing to do with any specific position. And that is this. They're signing them young and they're signing them younger and younger with every passing year. As you see more players emerge from college football earlier, where once, even as recently as Juju Smith-Schuster, it was seen as nuts that you'd have a 20-year-old player 
someone in that range available in the draft and NFL teams would be a little bit scared off by those guys since they weren't developed, they weren't fully mature, they didn't know what they were getting in terms of either uh, physical or mental advancement with those guys. They wanted to see them blossom more. Well, that's that's changed, okay? That's changed quite a bit. And probably the best example I can give of that came last summer when the Steelers went and broke the bank for James Daniels. Three years, $26 million. To get him away from the Bears, off the open market, and it's been graded as the best contract, this is by Pro Football Focus, that any team signed with any player, meaning from the team's standpoint, in the calendar year 2022. Why? Well, Daniels goes on to uh, give up no sacks play every single snap, and while he wasn't great in the running game, he might have been either their best or their second best blocker when it came to that. A lot of Najee's running went right behind him. But the best part is Daniels was signed at age 24, so what you're getting out of him are his ages 24, 25, and 26 season, in which for whatever else you might worry about in signing a contract of that scope, you don't have to worry about decline. You don't have to worry about age-based decline. That's protecting your investment. It's protecting the asset that you've added. So I'm not, also not going to sit here and suggest that the Steelers could take the same approach and bust open some other jar of pennies to go chasing Tremaine Edmonds when the Bills can still franchise Edmonds. And in fact, I think they'd be nuts if they didn't. But if Edmonds were to come available, it, it's unlikely the Steelers would get someone in that range. He's going to cost an awful lot, I think, in the range of $15, $16 million a year on an open market. But he would make more sense. He'd be closer to that younger age where you don't have to worry about uh, just burning cash or burning cap space on somebody who spends the better part of the season in the tub. Not suggesting Edmonds is that guy. He's not. But as you get older, everybody becomes that. And Edmonds is still in his mid-20s. That, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. And that's kind of the point that I want to make here to your question. If you're getting caught up in a name like Wagner, again, it's fun. If you want to get caught up in a storyline like Wagner being reunited with his coach, also fun. Neither of them is all that practical. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 